Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I feel like if I was in a relationship, it's a different scenario. Because she wants me married off and it's just like, someone just take her or whatever. <laughs> and then she'll just take on my significant other as her son. Versus why my brother, God help the woman that marries my brother. <laughs> like, she don't know. She needs to have steel teeth. Welcome to Getting Carried Away, the podcast inspired by everyone's favorite TV series, Sex in the City. Getting Carried Away is a podcast where women can tell their stories of love, relationships, sex, and everything in between free of judgment following each episode of the Sex in the City series. I'm your host, Jessica, a self-proclaimed die-hard Sex in the City fan. Join me each week as a guest and I will watch an episode of Sex in the City and share our personal life experiences based on the content of that episode. My goal is to provide a safe, pro-opinion space for women to share their experiences, critiques, and feelings while connecting through our love of Sex in the City so we can all unleash our inner Carries, Mirandas, Samanthas, and Charlottes. Let's get carried away together. Hello, beautiful people of the world. Welcome back to Getting Carried Away. I'm your host, Jessica. So this is it. The last episode of season one of Getting Carried Away. Okay, can I just take this moment to say a huge thank you to all of the listeners who have been tuning in every week and giving me the feedback and support for this podcast to be made possible. It honestly seemed like an impossibility at one point to get this podcast up and running, and I thought I was just going to sit in the back of my head and never get done, but I am so glad that I got this done, and I really couldn't have done it without you. So this episode marks a really huge milestone in my creative career, and I can't thank Thank you all enough. And I am so happy and excited to end this season with my guest, Pravina, where we talk about religion and relationships. And when is a good time to meet your potential in-laws and how not to become the mother in a relationship? Pravina also takes this moment to share her experiences with dealing with pressures of marriage expectations from family members and whether or not having faith will actually lead you to your happily ever after. So, lots to get through. So without further ado, let's get carried away. Oh, and before we get started, I need y'all to hang tight to find out about upcoming details for Season 2. So remember to tune in again next week to find out how I am breaking down Season 2 and when this is all happening. Alright, talk soon! Hello, everyone. Welcome to Getting Carried Away, Season 1, Episode 12. Oh my gosh, we are at the final episode of Season 1 of Sex in the City. And I am sitting here today with my beautiful, amazing friend, Pravina. Oh, shucks. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. So this episode is entitled, Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Mm, yes. So, yes. Yeah, so we have a lot to go through. So uh, let's get right into it. All right. Okay. So we start this episode off with Miranda in bed <laughs> with this new man named Thomas John Anderson. 
he needs to work on his orgasm thing. <laughs> for sure. Oh my gosh, I remember watching this episode with you and you were like, oh, oh God, oh. And that's something I want to see. No, but I love that. Like, I, I, I should have warned you, <laughs> but I, I'm so glad I didn't. And like, your response at that moment was pure, was perfection. It really was. Uh, I'm oh, feeling still, it. I'm still thinking of it. And I'm like, Ugh. I was like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so a little bit about Mr. Thomas John Anderson. So he has this weird habit of showering right after sex. So clearly Miranda finds out later on that like he's she's dating a really religious man, that he was raised by nuns and all this stuff. And but is he really religious with all that premarital sex? Uh, <laughs> that call out is amazing. I really don't think he's that religious. But apparently, I guess, like, that's his guilt. Well, that's why he's sharing. Yeah, right? That's his guilt. Like, that's his way of, like, justifying, I'm not doing anything bad because I'm washing myself after it. It's not how it works, honey. <laughs> it's not how Catholicism works. Preach, sister, preach. Yeah, wash away that guilt. Oh, my gosh. And this is why I think this episode is so perfect for you. Because, like, Miranda's obviously weirded out by this. So, my question for you is, like, do you have any kind of, like, weird religious things that you've seen or, like, you would think is weird? Like, for example, like, Thomas, like, showering right after sex. Are, are there things that guys would do that you would think that is weird that's religiously influenced? I haven't really seen it or heard of anything crazy, but there, you know, there's there's the diehards that, you know, no sex before marriage, this and that, and then we'll break it two weeks into your relationship. You know what I think is weird? I think, like... Oh, we have a mutual friend, you know, I'm not going to say the name, but, and I heard this from a rumor and I don't know if it's true. And I really got hope that it's just a rumor and it's not true, but like this person in our lives, I think wanted to be sexual with her partner. And in order for her to justify being sexual and not breaking her virginity to have anal sex. Yeah. And no, that's a load of crap. <laughs> It's just, it's a load of crap. It's you like, you just can't do it. Okay, so like, there's that and then there's blowjobbing. Well, it's just finding cheat sheets and there's, there's no cheat sheets in Catholicism. That's why they're so rigid and that's why they've survived this long as a gigantic religion. I love that though. But okay. it's true. I mean, I had this one friend in nursing school and, and it was a dude and he was gung-ho about, you know, I am Christian and I'm not having I'm not having sex before I get married or find the one. And then he started dating a girl within two weeks. <laughs> he comes to class. Yeah, I had sex. And I like, did it. But we like knew because we're like, there's no way you're not having sex. It's just you're, you're, you're 19. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I get that you play guitar at your church choir, but you going to have yeah, sex. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> and when he came and had sex, we're like. And we saw it coming before you. Alrighty, did. congratulations. Did you know how to use a condom? Oh my gosh. Are you against condoms? Because <laughs> that's not a thing here. Oh my gosh, dead, dead. No, I love. That kills me. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. I think it's just ludicrous for some people that just tout all this religious stuff and then they don't really follow it. So, do you, are you a personal believer of no sex before marriage? No, I think that's ridiculous. You need to have some kind of chemistry. It's right. not procreation only. It's You have to have that connection. I'm with you. I love that. Okay, so this is where, like, you know, Miranda spills all the tea about 
this Thomas guy and his habits to Carrie. And Carrie does a, a, a voiceover and she's basically saying how you never ask a date about their religious background, just like you never ask about their sexual partners, right? So, because like she's, she says that it's too scary. So what are some questions you think you should ask a date that can be scary, but you also feel like you need to know? It depends on how far you're into the dating scenario. So if it's like the first date, you're not going to go right out the bat and be like, okay, like how many people did you have sex with? Where are you texted? You know, <laughs> like, do you have the gonorrhea? <laughs> so you're not going to ask that the first date. The first date's like you're scoping out to see if like your core or your like face values are the same. Well, I, full disclaimer, have not been on a date in a while. I've been <laughs> on, like, maybe two official dates and not progressed any further than that. But the first co- the first date was just getting to know them. Like, what do you do? What, how's family? You know, you just kind of try to gauge. And then if you're interested, and then I feel like if you're moving on and you feel like that's something that you want to carry on with and then you would start asking those questions like when it gets serious when you feel like you're talking to the person every day and you're preparing to sleep with them or you're going to have sex I would be like how many partners did you have you gotta protect yourself I think at the end of the day you need to be able to be the same person you enter as you entered that relationship and how you're going to leave that relationship and I, I would hope to leave that relationship without gonorrhea. You know? Absolutely. <laughs> so. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, maybe HPV, because everyone's going to have HPV. Well, exactly. I'm <laughs> HPV like, free right now. Yeah. I want to maintain that shit. Of course. Of course. All the power to Yeah. You. And I think that's just, an, and like, I guess in Sex in the City, it's just more so to lock that shit down versus trying to preserve your sense of self. And I don't think that's very clear and that's why I don't connect with those girls because it's just about trying to land a man and not trying to land a man for yourself. Got it. Yeah, totally got it. So no question should be off the table, but it just depends on the stage of the relationship you're in. So like for me, like I think, I feel like the one question I wouldn't want to get into and it's like totally so random (laughs) is politics. I feel like that's, like, a question I would not want to ask, ever. Well, I think at some point it's going to come up. I think it's going to come up, like, only if I'm, like, sitting at home with this person, watching television, and CNN happens to hap- happen up, and, like, you know, and Donald Trump... But is that a deal breaker for you? That no, like no, no, no. It's not a deal breaker for me, but it's, like, one of those first date questions that I don't really want to get into. So, for you, like, you mentioned how, you know, you'd kind of want to know the sexual partner number. Is that, that's not, you said that that wasn't a first date question, though, right? That you'd want to wait, like, two or three Yeah, days. I don't think that's something you walk in, order your appetizer, and be like, okay, like, how many people did you sleep with? Like, that's going to put off anyone. Like, that's asking me what my credit score is on the first day. I'm going to bitch slap a person if they ask me. <laughs> so, like, you, but you'd want to know eventually. I would want to know eventually, especially if I'm going to be intimate with that person. And that's more so to protect myself. Of course. You know, like, you can trust a person to an extent. Like, if I, unless I know you for five years solidly, not, I ain't going to trust you, you know, because it took me 20 years to trust myself. So it's going to take someone else to work. I love that about you, though, that you're like, I'm about me first. Yeah, well, because I've been about everybody else first. And now I'm like, what has that gotten me? (laughs) Nothing. 
Just to give everyone a little background story, Pravina is a registered nurse. A true dat, true dat. So she, Happy nurses week. Yeah. So like <laughs> she she gives her time for a lot of people. And I know that. I see that. So I'm with you. Yeah. You need it. You need well, it. Well, I think and part of it, too, is I kind of see what happens when you don't protect yourself. Yeah. And whether that's, you know, not taking care of your body when you have diabetes or you have something chronically going on and when you don't take care of your mental health, it reflects. You can see it reflecting in how people interact with their spouses or they just don't know how to handle each other. You need to know each other at a core. Oh, that's so interesting. Oh that's how I feel anyways. Yeah. I mean, I haven't personally tested it out. I've never been in a relationship, but that's what I would hope for. But you've seen, like, that kind of interaction yeah. with spouses and one person is obviously ill, but... Okay. I like... That's so interesting. I never thought of it like that, actually. Yeah, I okay. think you just need to build that foundation and mm. it starts with asking those hard questions and if you can't ask the hard questions to your significant other then what is the point of a significant other got you okay so moving on we see that carrie you know is just lounging on her sunday afternoon with a coffee and she bumps into big at church with his mother obviously carrie i guess had that awkward moment where she finds out that she doesn't actually know who Big is or what his, like, weekly kind of, like, rituals are, his religion, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't even... She almost sounds like she doesn't even know that Big has a mother, <laughs> weirdly enough, right? And this is where I want to ask you, have you ever been in a situation where you feel like you've known someone for a very long time and you think you know everything about them, and then something happens in that relationship, and you're like, oh, shit, like, I don't know who you are. Or, like, something about them changed that you didn't anticipate. I don't think I've had an opportunity for that to happen, per se. I don't know. I think maybe I have been in friendships where it's changed after a while, where I'm like, yeah, you're not the person that, you know, I thought you were. What happened in that friendship? I think it was a lot of things. It's just things that when we were younger, when we were in school together, there were things that you can just chalk up to like, oh, okay, it's fine. Like, whatever. We have restrictions and you have restrictions and I have restrictions. But as we get older, you know, you become your own person. You can make your own decisions and you can't make your decisions. And then, but you can, you decide to do one thing. For yourself, but when someone else asks you and you don't feel like doing it, you use your restrictions almost as a crutch and then it kind of just interferes with your relationship and it becomes what was something very little is now a big issue where it's like, okay. Like a huge red flag. Yeah. Where it's just like, I guess I'm not a priority or it's just not enough. I don't have enough reason for you to you know, step back from your restrictions and actually come and hang out or do something. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But so no. do those, do those friendships end up ending? Like you're no longer. No, it just changes. I think it just, the dynamic, it becomes almost like, well, now you're just a friend, you know, you're not putting the 120% that I'm putting in, which is fair. Like it's just, you have to reevaluate what I want from that relationship, too. Because I'm putting stuff in that's not being returned and that's not necessarily a good thing either. That's, like, a high expectation on my end. 
But at the same time, if you've not acknowledged it and you want to do something about it, then do something about it. But not just say, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying, and then don't do anything about it. Got it. Yeah. So, like, for me, I've had an experience where, also in a friendship, more so in a friendship, because I feel like, for some reason, like, when it comes to, especially girlfriends, for me, especially at this age of mine, it's, like, friendships actually are really important. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's really hard to build on a friendship nowadays especially because like you and I go way back right like we went to elementary school together like we've been childhood friends and like those relationships are so different from the relationships that I build now and like I recently got very close with a girlfriend and you know we not that we're not friends anymore but our relationship's not just not in the same place like you know how you explained it and it was just because not because I found out something about her specifically that she does that weirds me out. It was more so I realized or learned how she views me. Yeah. And she's like saying, you know, not saying that, not saying any bad things. And, and you know, and she's completely in her power to have judgments on me. Like everyone's entitled to that. But it was like, oh, wow. Like she really doesn't see me in the same level that I see her and it like really kind of threw me for a loop where I'm like okay wow like you're actually not as mature as I thought you were so I'm gonna step back and we can just be chill I don't hate you you don't hate me we can still hang out but it just would never be the same yeah yeah and it was like one of those things where I'm like oh wow I realized I don't actually know how you think or yeah. how you see people. Which I think is just a mature relationship and you find that out by starting to ask them those questions, the, those no-no questions that Carrie points out. And I feel like that would be the case for any relationship too. You kind of learn and you ask those questions and then you evolve as either, you evolve in that relationship, whether it's for good or you don't end up being in that relationship, but you evolve as a person. You're more self-aware, I think. But yeah, I think you, you kind of know people. There's nothing that would surprise you unless it's like they murdered someone and it's buried in the backyard. You, I feel like as we mature, you find out, you, you become more intuitive of who you're interacting with. Like like you said, we've been friends forever, but we've had our gaps where I haven't spoken to you, mm-hmm. but we pick it right back up because we still know each other at that same level and we've grown with each other. And I know you from... How you were, you were Jess in elementary now, Jess in high school and Jess in uni and Jess in real life, Ah! right? And then you grow with, and I've grown with you. And that's the thing. We've grown individually, but as friends, Mm -hmm. because we, we, we do, we've taken those steps together. It's not like I'm on step five and you're still kind of like shifting from two to five, two to three. Yeah, I think I am. But like, thank you. (laughs) No, but like, I mean, in terms of our friendship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I, I can still share stuff with you. Absolutely. And I think, and that's totally why I think our relationship is so special. Is because, like, even though we did lose touch for a little bit, we picked it up and we're like, well, we're still really, like, we're still really tight. Like, we can still share things with each other. Yeah, I feel like shit. I don't have to work at it. Yeah. I feel like if it's someone from high school that I was really close with and lost touch with and now I'm reconnecting with it would be like oh you know you do that like first date dance yeah see if you have the same values I know I have the same values as you from like day one and then as we grew we never drifted apart we still are relatively the same 
I love that. I love how you said first date dance. Like, I like that a lot. It is. It's yeah. just like you're testing the waters and you're trying to see, are you compatible with me still? That's what first dates are. Are you compatible with me? I love that. Okay, cool. So moving on, and we cut to a new scene where Miranda, Charlotte, Carrie are at a bar. And, you know, it's just girls. And they're basically analyzing Carrie's situation with Big and his mother. And, you know, they're all obviously, like, just rolling and, like, throwing, throwing ideas at each other. Miranda says, it can't be good that Big is close with his mother who takes, him to ch- takes her to church. It's not a good thing. And then Charlotte's like, a man who takes care of his mother makes a good husband. And, you know, like, there's this back and forth banter about, like, men and their mothers. So I would love to know <laughs> what is your opinion about mothers and their relationship with their sons and... Have you had any kind of experience with, like, crazy mamas? Oh, yeah. Plenty. My mom's crazy. (laughs) It's just, I think it really stems down to what type of relationship the mom and son have. Is it, are they friends? Is it the mom being possessive? Is it the son just not growing the hell up and he still needs his mama? (laughs) You know, it depends on what the scenario is. I feel like... If a mom and son have healthy boundaries, that's a good relationship because the mom will still call the son out on his shit and say, hey, that's not okay. Versus when you have the mom that's possessive, she's blind to whatever negative aspect her son is doing. So, I mean, like, and you know the situation, but I'll just generalize it. Like, I had a family member who was in a relationship with a mama's boy, and that wasn't necessarily a positive relationship where the mom was just strictly possessive where I thought it was borderline like do you want to sleep with your son I don't fucking understand it like why you all up in his crack about shit but like it wasn't as if the son was putting those boundaries he would go and let his mom sniff his crack oh my god as crudely as I can put it like he had no boundaries when it came to his mom like whatever mom said is whatever mom is And when he was in a relationship with my family member, it was just, if his mom wasn't there, then it worked because she wasn't there to control the situation. That and then my, my family member became the substitute mother. Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. It's just like the expectations of what his mom would do is now expected of this person. Oh my goodness. And it was gross. And I would call that shit out. I'd be like, what? Are, are you the mom? Did you birth him? Like, what the fuck? No. You're, you're, you're equal partner. Oh partners. my God. Did he expect her to like clip his toenails, do his laundry? <laughs> it, well, it wasn't so much that he said. It just, it was kind of expected. Oh my and when God. when it happened, it wasn't like a big ordeal. It was just like, oh, cool. Right. And then I'm like, no, that's not fucking cool. <laughs> no, it's gross. And then when, and then that's why that resi- relationship dissolved because it was very easy for him to go back to his mom. Right. Cause that was, that's, that's who he's dating really. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Oh you my know. God. It's like he'd bring the mom to the marital bed. Like it's just, it, it just crossed the line. Yeah. And, and that's just too much for me. Where I would be like, no, that's a warning sign. Like, if you can't have healthy boundaries with your parents, then, like, I don't think that's going to work. Because you're, you're that stranger coming into that relationship and really the, that mother-son bond. You don't want to be the cause of it breaking and you don't want to be always second to the mom. But then I've seen it in 
where the sons totally disregard their mom and they have no respect. And it's like, no, fucking respect your mom. Because how are you going to respect me if you can't respect the woman that fucking had 12 hours of labor, push you out of her cooch and you're going to talk <laughs> shit to her? Are you fucking kidding me? No, respect your mom. I'm going to gauge you as a man of how you respect your mom. But again, have those healthy boundaries. For sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, with my, with my mom, I feel like if I was in a relationship, it's a different scenario. Because she wants me married off and it's just like, someone just take her, whatever. <laughs> and then she'll just take on my significant other as her son. Versus why my brother, God help the woman that marries my brother. <laughs> like, she don't know. She needs to have steel teeth to bite back. Because my mom is just going to be crazy. Oh my goodness. Well, she'll be like, she she wants my brother married, but I think to her, that's her baby. You know, and that's just a cultural thing, too. And he's a younger brother, too, so... Yeah, but, like, she's gonna have problems with letting go. Yeah. Even though she's, like, had it up to here with this shit, she's... Once that girl walks in, it's it's gonna be game over. Oh, my goodness. If his prom was any indication of that, it's gonna be a problem. (laughs) But I was like, whoever's gonna take my brother, she needs to have the red carpet rolls out. I'm going to give her flowers every fucking day. I don't even know. God bless her. Oh, my goodness. You know? But, I mean, she'd be lucky to have my brother, too. He's a good dude. Aside from his, like, general uncleanliness. (laughs) But those are just boys. That's so funny. Oh, my goodness. It's just funny how you you call out your mom on how she views you versus, like, your brother. (laughs) I, it's just, but that's a cultural thing, yeah. right? Like, that's what Indians do. We just, you know, go let's get married. Be out someone else's problem. Versus the sons, like, just keep the sons. They're precious. <laughs> oh, my God. Dad. Dad. Oh, so, I, like, oh, my gosh. I have to, like, continue on with this mother talk because this is where Charlotte says, getting on the good side of a mother is closing the deal. So, what would it take for this you know, imaginary future sister-in-law of yours to get on the good side of your mom? Well, I think she needs to do what my mom thinks is appropriate of a wife. Okay. Which is cleaning and cooking and making sure my brother's comfortable, which is bullshit, and that's the old school mentality. So, let's just say your brother falls in love with an entrepreneur. Well, you know what? But if she's making your own money and she's doing her own <laughs> shit, my mom's going to brag for days about it. Be like, you know, my daughter-in-law, she's just bringing in checks. Oh, my God. And checks and checks and checks. But I wish she would have grandbabies. Why can't she have... Like, there'll be something to complain about, but, like, the pros will always be bragged about. Right. And the so, cons will always be talked about. Of course. The, no, the cons will be put on blast. Yeah. Talked about. And Doesn't then, matter. Yeah. No one's going to be ever good enough. He can marry fucking Mother Teresa and she wouldn't be good enough. Oh my God, dead. Yeah. <sighs> so funny. All right, so moving on to a lighter topic. This is where Samantha finally joins the girls. And she says openly that she's in love with James, who she met at a jazz club. And this is like a super surprising, even for me, like she doesn't sleep with him on the first date. Or, like, the moment that they meet. And this is where, I guess, the show talks about how Sam converts to a new relationship religion where she doesn't believe in sleeping uh, sleeping on the first date, sleeping with a man on the first date. So, 
what would you say would be your relationship religion? Like, would you, you're, you're obviously not a believer of sleeping with the man on the first date. Do you have a number, mm-hmm. would you say? No, I feel like it just, that will come naturally. Okay. It doesn't have, I would, I would put a hard stop to the first date because I don't know if you're safe. <laughs> right? right. The gonorrhea conversation. I don't want to, yeah. I want to, I need to have the gonorrhea. Like, and that's the world we're in, right? It's very rare that someone hasn't had sex. Very true. And everyone's going to have a sexual partner and someone's going to have a sexual history. And I fully expect someone to ask me whenever it comes to that time. But, I mean, first date, no. So if you had to put a number to it? If I had to put a number to it? How many days would it be? I feel like it's just, like, the amount of work they put into it. I would work, like, maybe five dates, but, like, ongoing conversations in between the five dates. Mm. Like, if I'm feeling it, maybe it could be ten. Okay. But it just depends on who that person is. So, three to five? Maybe. Okay. So, like, five, like, two-hour coffee dates. Yeah, but, again, yeah. Okay. Got it. All right, so, moving on, like, this is where Charlotte kind of responds to, like, Samantha's newly found relationship religion. And she's like super shook that Samantha said, I might actually get married to this James man. And the whole idea of Samantha potentially being married to a man before (laughs) Charlotte does completely shook Charlotte to the core, right? And like, this is where I have to ask you, have you ever been in kind of like a situation or have you had any kind of experiences where you felt like you had to be in a race of, like, relationship milestones, to reach certain relationship milestones. Absolutely. If it was up to my mother, I'd be married by now. Oh, my God. Um, so she would, like, arrange marriage for you? Well, or she would... Did, did she try? No. Well, she knows. She knows how I am in terms of, like, being forcefully married. Like, I need to be ready for that. Of course. If I want it. But, I mean, in my mom's mindset, she was 26 and she already had my sister. Oh, Okay. And so she's like, what's up with my two girls? And I'm like, hey, eight or 21st century. We have careers to worry about. Yeah, I know. It's like, and then it's just, you go from being driven to, you have to finish university. You need to have a job. You need to have this. You need to have that. And then it's, and in between that, don't date. (laughs) And then it's But be married and have kids by 21. But then it's like, (laughs) you can't date from eight or from like freaking whenever to 21. And then it's like, why the fuck aren't you married after that? Yeah. Like, I'm supposed to just find a man, just pick him up off the street. Like, you'll do. (laughs) Marry. No, it's just, it doesn't work that way. It's like, have, have babies with me right now. Yeah. And I remember being hella stressed out in university being like, I still don't have a boyfriend. I haven't met anyone. I haven't talked to anybody. Am I ever going to get married? Am I going to have kids? And that used to aggravate my soul. And I would be super mellow and super sad about it. But now I'm just like, why did I want a relationship? Or why did I want to be married by 22 or 24? It's because I was told, you need to be married by 22, 24. Or you need to have a boyfriend. Why Why don't you have a boyfriend? It's just like, oh my God. You know, I've gone through all this time of being a good girl, of not dating or not talking to boys in that manner. And then it, now it's just kind of like, what the hell do I do? Oh my God, that you raised such an important point because you're like, you went through this kind almost like shaming, yeah. right? From when you were in school to like, if you date, you a hoe. 
Yeah. And, like, you should be studying and, like, going to school and working a part-time job. But, and then once you're done that, once you've done the school and the part-time job and you've found your career and you're, like, they're, like, well, why the fuck aren't you married? And then you receive shame in that sense, too. Well, yeah, it's just, like, it's just this is cycle of why aren't you doing it according to what we want yeah and it's never about what you want what do you want to do so i'm like do i even want to be in a relationship or do i even want to get married i've never been able to explore that without having all these secondary voices in my head it's like no you have to you have to marry this certain person and this certain income level and this blah 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 and it doesn't make sense to me i, I don't think after all this time of just doing my self-evaluation and trying to date and trying to figure it out. And when I do start dating, it just doesn't feel good to me. And that's probably because I'm not ready for it or I don't think that's maybe for me. I haven't really explored it because I don't want to. It's like it's not an inclination for me right now. Mm-hmm. It used to be when I used to get the pressure, but I've shut that down quite nicely. I love it. Just, you know, I'm like, just let me do my own thing. Of course, and you're doing fabulously. Oh, thank you. I'm you're trying. welcome. You're welcome. Oh my gosh. I did not know that was happening. And you're oh like, yeah, but oh then that's gosh. just typical, right? Yeah. Okay, so moving on, like this is where Charlotte has this kind of need to validate whether or not she's going to get married or when she's going to get married. So she goes to a tarot card reader. Yeah. Dead. Oh my gosh. Like the things that women would do. But it's not uncommon. Yeah, it's totally not uncommon. Yeah. I mean, my mom, when I was 24, took me to. It's not a tarot card reader, but it's an astrologer who reads your chart or your birth chart oh to God, see what your future me. is. Yes. And I remember going, <laughs> and this man looked at me. He's like, Oh, you're going you're gonna to have a love marriage and then you're going to find the love of your life. So you're going to get divorced and then married again. I'm like, bitch, what? <laughs> bitch, what you Bitch, what? <laughs> and I'm like, how did you just get that from reading some freaking numbers that I was born under? You know? And then, and he's like, oh, and you'll be rich by 21. And I'm like, I'm 27 now. Where the hell my money at? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know? Dead. Oh my I God. mean, like, I don't take that stuff too. Like, there's, it can be written for you, but I don't think you can decode it. Yeah. You like, that specifically. No. Yeah. Really. Like, if it, and if it was that easy, everyone would just go get it done and, like, right. where's the excitement in life? Yeah. If it was, like, if God or whatever creation you believe in or no, I don't think they're going to make it that easy. Or, like, the world wasn't built on just a, a, a designated map. I love that. So, I mean, like, you can go read a tarot card and it's going to say you're not going to get married. But, honey, you're going to get married whether you choose to or not. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Because, like, this is where, like, Charlotte basically says, like, you know, to the psychic. Because she, the psychic tells her that she doesn't see marriage for her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, what about my feelings? And then the psychic's like... Girl, I am not a shrink. I'm a psychic. Like, <laughs> I'm just telling you the truth. Like, I have never been to a tarot card reading, nor have I gotten any kind of, like, like, palm. I don't know. Anything. Like... I think it's just a crock. Yeah. Like, I I would be curious to do it. It's, it's fun. Yeah. I think it would be a good laugh, especially if you had a couple drinks and it's you're with your girlfriend. It's exciting when you think, oh, what my potential future can be. 
And really, they're going to tell you a little bit what you want to hear, what a little bit that you don't want to yeah. hear, and they'll kind of ca- guess your personality, which sometimes can be accurate, but they're just, just throwing words at you. Yeah. Because, like, I, I feel like they could probably tell what your future would be like for five minutes, and, <laughs> and that's about it. Like, there's no way they can see 25 years into the future. Yeah. I love no. that. Oh my but God. they can't. I don't believe it. Although my mom and my sister and half of my family are firm believers and do they do readings? Oh, all the time. Oh my I, god! If there's like a significant event, well, that's a cultural thing too, where you go get it, make sure like, if, like let's say I found a husband, they're gonna go read his astrological chart, and make sure it matches mine. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and if I don't, it's like I'm supposed to believe. Who, you? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, oh, so all the, all this time I've invested in knowing the man, I can't marry him because the stars have told me I can't. Now fuck that. kills me. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the next time you have one of these tarot card reading parties, please invite me. It's not a party. It's a $20 fee to go see some man in Mississauga. It's nonsense. Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm, nonsense. My budget is 60 bucks, and it's that's new. it. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Okay, so moving on, like, we cut to a scene where Carrie and Big are having dinner, you know, mm-hmm. one of those best nights ever where you're with your boyfriend, you're having dinner, and it's super chill, and this is basically where Carrie basically asks Big if she can meet his mother, you know, go to church with him on Sunday. So I think at this point in this show, I think they're dating for, I think, six months or three to six months at that point. Do you think it's too soon? Yeah. I think so, too. Well, she's not even asking the hard questions. Like, why did... She just wants a relationship. She doesn't want the depth. She doesn't want the complexity of being in a relationship. She just wants those... Okay, I'm going to meet his mom, and then I'm going to get married. Right? That's what she wants. Yeah, that's... that's... It's not because she genuinely wants to meet his mother and make a relationship. She just wants it... Well, like, that's how she ends the episode. Am I the one? Like, yeah. that's her end goal. Yeah. Her end goal is to get married. It's, like, this weird little, like, I don't I don't know if it's, like, her way of wanting to get married. I think it's her weird way of validating something in her relationship. That her relationship with Big is It's going to lead to a Yeah, it's going to gonna a lead ring. to a future, you know? Yeah, which is fine, but, like, you're only three to six months. Like, you don't know, like, if you don't know the fact that his he's been taking his mom to church. For that long. Church, for that long. Or for at, that, like, yeah. If you don't know that part, like, you need to know him more before you start knowing more people. Yeah. And I was just, like, in my, like, as I was watching this episode, I was, like, maybe you should be figuring out what his daily activities are. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe actually find out what does he do after he goes to church with his mom. Like, does he, you know what I mean? Like, I was just, like, maybe you actually need to figure out what his daily routines are. And then figure. Not just go to dinner and have sex and then just go on a trip to the Caribbean with Yeah. Like, no, that doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, and it's just very fixtitious. Like, yeah. It, I don't think relationships like that will last long because you don't have a foundation. Yeah, because it just, like, at this point, like, the show is giving us an idea that their relationship's just purely surface-related because, you know, they have great sex, obviously. They have really good chemistry. But it's like they don't actually know each other's daily routines, their schedules, their... The things that they do, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. I think that was just really interesting. And, like, it's funny because, like, Big, obviously, and you mentioned already that he invites her to the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this is where I want to ask you, is it too soon for them to take their first trip together? I think so. I mean, like, it, you don't know the person until you 
really been with the person and if you don't even know what they're doing during the day. Yeah. Or on their weekend. Exactly. And like, I think it's, I think when you've hit that, that relationship milestone where you can go travel with this person is incredible. Cause then like, you know, traveling with someone that you love is the best experience ever. Mm -hmm. And, but being able to find that person that you love is I can almost say it's, like, the most impossible thing ever. Because I've been on trips with friends where I realize something about them and I'm like, wow, I hate you. Mm-hmm. You know? Or, like, I've actually gotten into fights with people on a trip because I'm like, I don't want to do this. Or, like, you want to do this. Or, like, you know what I mean? There's just some kind of disagreement that will, for some reason, shatter the experience of the trip. Yeah. And it's happened to me before where I have taken trips with someone and I, would, and I don't speak to them anymore. Because I'm like you are actually an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, like, I think that all of this, this whole conversation between Carrie and Big about, like, meeting his mother and, like, going on this trip, who he obviously generously offers to pay for, really kind. But I'm like, this is all happening to Is best. it? But I, I almost feel like it's just a crutch. Like, hey, I'm not going to show you or share with you my personal shit, but, well, I'll jet you off. Yeah. this fantastic... Yeah, and it's, he just wants a superficial relationship, and that's what he's after, and he doesn't want to show that side. Because once you let a person into that part of your life, it's hard to take them out. Yeah. Because if family gets involved, then it's like, oh, how are they doing? What's that? Everyone's in your business. Mm-hmm. And at that point, if you want to share your business with everyone, then, like, you're you're in that. Yeah. So how long would you say you'd have to be in a relationship before you meet the parents or meet the family? Well, it's different, right? Like, if it's three months of you knowing the person and talking to them and, you know, you get to know their personal side and you know more about their family and how they are in that relationship, it could be three months, it could be six months, it could be a year. It depends on how fast you guys are going and how fast you're developing that relationship. So if you had to put a number to it. Do I have to put a number to it? Yes. Because I feel like it's In your perfect world. In my perfect world? I Personally, I don't think I want to meet the family for over a year. <laughs> like, I want to know yeah. that person yeah. perfectly well mm-hmm. outside of his family to see how different he acts with his family. Love it. Right. I knew you. I knew you'd go over the one year mark. Yeah, I, like, I don't think they're like. Why? Why am I complicating something that's gonna be about me and this person? And like involve extra members. Yeah, and why? extra people. Unless it's really important for him. If he feels like, if we both feel like we're the real deal, and this is gonna go to marriage, kids, whatever, then it's like, well, I really want you to meet my family. Then sure, whatever. But I want that time of just unsolicited time yeah with that person yeah so that i can build that foundation so that when you get to the family because there's going to be bumps when you meet the family there's going to be people that don't like you and you're going to not like his family for sure and and that's just what it is and Mm -hmm. you just have to be able to be sure of the person you know to stick out with that shit of course because that stuff can make or break a relationship it's like i will jump through a hoop of fucking fire for you but if you tell me to jump a after seeing what all that shit, no, <laughs> I'm gonna extinguish that food hoop, hoop, and then put it on fire when you're in it. Oh like, my god, dead! It's like if you're on the Titanic, you won't jump after. I'm gonna just sink. I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah, fuck it's fuck like y'all. I'll go down with the ship, man. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> oh my gosh, love it. All right, so moving on, we cut to a scene to cut back to Miranda, who is once again sleeping with Thomas, and same routine. 
still going to take a shower after sex. And this is where Miranda says so sweetly, there's nothing simple about sex. And then Thomas like lashes out into this crazy religious Catholic guilt bomb. It's like, <laughs> well, it's just, just it's, it's a case of a Catholic trying to reap all the benefits of being a Catholic, but not following the rule book. It's like, hey, I'm going to go take this shower because it will absolve me of having premarital sex. No, it absolutely does not. <laughs> if you're a Catholic and you feel that fucking guilty about it, don't fucking do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, if that's what you're taught and that's what you believe in, then don't do it. Yeah. And like, I couldn't help but wonder like, wow. What the hell happened to him? Like, damn. Because he, like, actually, like, kicks her out after. Because he's like, after I come back from my shower, I don't want you to be here. You know? I'm just, wow. Like, that's so dry. Well, it's because she is now literally his guilt. Yeah. Personified. For sure. she's calling it out. Because he feel obviously, he feels guilty about having sex with her. Mm-hmm. And for his own personal shitty reasons. And now he's lashing out on her. Because now she's a, a form that he can take it out on. And then now she's removed from the picture, he's free of guilt. Yeah. Which is bullshit. Because you put your dick in it, you can't wash it away. That's Sorry. true. That is true. Sorry. <laughs> It'll work. Jesus is watching. Oh my God, You did Dad. not leave room for Jesus. Ah! <laughs> with that nasty orgasm face. Oh my goodness. That is so true. He did, He does have a really bad orgasm face. Oh, so nasty. It's not that sexy. receding hairline, no. No, it's not sexy at all. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, like, moving on, we cut to another sex scene. So, Samantha finally gets to sleep with James. And, long story short, <laughs> really short, <laughs> she finds out he has a tiny penis. And this is, like, basically, obviously, like, the the first sign that, like, this is a relationship deal breaker for Sam. What's your relationship deal breaker if you were to have one? Uh, Would it be a small penis? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, you can work with a small penis. It's there, like he'll go... devices. He'll go right and then you'll go left. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know how I would... It depends on how committed you are to that person, mm-hmm. right? You can work with a small dick or not because there are obviously people with small dicks who have happy, fruitful lives with their wives. Absolutely. Or husbands. For significant others. Yes. However which will you decide. But, like, it depends on your wants and needs, I guess. When Samantha, she wants a big dick. And for her, that clearly supersedes how good of a person James James is. is, yes. And is that a mark on her character? No, not necessarily. She just knows what she wants and Mm -hmm. that. And sex to some people is a vital component of it. And if she's not getting good sex, then it's not going to be good for the relationship. So, Mm -hmm. You know, power to her if she wants a big dick person. So what's a deal breaker for you? Um, I don't know. I think if people leave their dirty sinks in my sink. (laughs) And, like, they just left it. Oh, my God. Hello. It's been three days. (laughs) Clean that shit. Oh, my God. Or expect me to, like, clean it. Yeah. If we're, like, we're, like, living together. Like, no. So you don't want to be the mother in this No, I yeah. want to be my own person and I'm not going to take care of you. Yeah, you want to be equals. That's yeah. basically, got it. That's fair. All right, so moving on, like we cut to a scene where basically Carrie and Miranda goes on this 
ridiculous trip to this church to go spy on Big and his mother at church, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. Like, I think that's just the weirdest thing you could do. Like, that's, that's, like, your way of breaking up that relationship, you know? And, like, I think that's, like, almost, like, Carrie's insecurities again, lashing out and potentially breaking up it's just being needy like yeah why are you spy like of all things you can spy on is you're gonna go watch this man with his mother at church right and like i think if that if there was like a, a an equivalent of today's standards of doing that it would be like reading your boyfriend's phone messages or checking his phone when he's not around yeah well okay. i mean unless you have like warranted suspicion. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a fan line for that. But this is like showing up to his workplace. Yeah. Like on his What business do you have at his workplace? Yeah. Yeah. If only to either have office sex or to drop off a lunch. Mm-hmm. Or just to make sure that he's not like screwing around. <laughs> like what's what's the that's just you don't have trust and you're trying to warm your way into a position that the other person doesn't want you to be in. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just, it's just sad. I know, it's so sad. It's sad. <laughs> Where's your self-confidence? I know, right? Like, it's it's really it's really upsetting to see Carrie be so insecure. But yeah. it's, it's, it's such an important, like, point to start her on. Because, like, she does grow as the seasons go. I hope so. Yeah. Even though the other girls grow in better and cooler ways. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Carrie. Moving on. So... Obviously, like, that scene ends tragically horribly bad mm-hmm. because, obviously, she drops a Bible <laughs> from, like, the, I don't even know, like, the... Like, the, the higher Yeah, pew. the mezzo- mezzanine or whatever. Yeah. I don't know what that fancy word is to describe the, the lofty feel of a freaking church. But, like, she drops the Bible and hits the ground and makes this loud bang. And everybody looks up and obviously like Big and his and her and his mother sees them. And after the mass, like Carrie basically obviously has to wait for Big and his mother to come out. And Big introduces Carrie to his mother as his friend. And Carrie is obviously like offended. And I have to attest to this because it's very special when a guy calls you his girlfriend to either his family or friends like I think that's a really important milestone in a relationship it's that I know it sounds like it sounds so superficial because it's like a label to your relationship but it is it's because you're introducing a new person to your family now I do not blame big for calling Carrie his friend neither do I yes because that's not how you want to introduce your girlfriend to your family Mm -hmm. This girl who's spying on you at church. <laughs> and then, and it's like she didn't even respect his wishes. Like, he wasn't ready for it. And she wormed herself way, herself in. So she doesn't deserve the title of girlfriend if she doesn't even act like a girlfriend. Right. But she doesn't respect his wishes. Yeah. Or, like, even his boundaries at this point. Yeah. Because obviously this is a touchy boundary for him. And, like, I have definitely been in a, in a situation where, like, I didn't feel comfortable for my family or my boyfriend to meet my family and I wouldn't want him to purposely bump into us or spy on us at like a restaurant or something because I would be like now you're just crossing over into stalker land and well yeah because it's just like you want to keep things private until you feel like it's it's time yeah 
right? And you want to be sure of that person before you bring them into your family because your family, you know. You know how your family is. Yeah, And you sure. know how they're going to react when you bring someone in. So you want to make sure it's in the best possible situation. And that's not a good situation. Mm-hmm. And also, if I was big and my girlfriend did that or my boyfriend did that, I would be pissed. And yeah. I'd be like, I, I don't even want to see you. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even give you the benefit of having an introduction. Exactly. And, like, this is where Big says that he needs to be sure. And sure about, like, him and Carrie actually taking the next step. And, you know, and you've obviously highlighted this before when I asked you the questions. And so, obviously, like, you could probably relate to Big when he says he needs to be sure. What are those sure things that you said? are mandatory before you introduce family members to your relationship. I feel like I need to know that that person understands me and who I am as a person because I can be very mouthy and vocal and if I don't like something, you're going to hear about it. (laughs) And it comes from a place of love. Yeah. And it's going to come from a place of honesty. Yeah. That's how I am and and that's how I will continue to be. And that's a hard thing for me to have become in my family to accept the fact that I will be vocal and I will tell people I don't care whether you're my aunt, my uncle, my dad, my brother. If I feel like you're doing something wrong, I'm going to tell you. And if you don't like it, then tough titties. Mm-hmm. Because it's just it comes from a place of love. And if I don't care about you, I'm not going to tell you. You're not going to waste your breath. I'm not going to waste my breath. Why? Mm-hmm. Because it's like, what, what, I don't know you as a person and I don't think that's my place. Yeah. So if I feel like I'm in that place where I can be comfortable and be able to be myself and be that person who can be vocal and share my opinions and not have someone run off, then I feel like that's a good place because they're going to see that with my family. I want to be the same person who I am with my family with that person. I love that. So that it's not a surprise. Yeah, that authenticity, right? That realness. I'm not changing myself for a person. Yeah. If I have flaws and they improve upon it, that's great. And if they have flaws and I help them improve on their flaws... That's better. So we've grown better as people. Then that's the time to bring them into the family because I have a crazy family. Love it. And you need to be prepared. Of course. For that kind of psychological warfare. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so moving on, we cut to um, Stanford's 90s club party. Um, And this is the Fallen Angels launch party. I think it was for like some cologne or perfume or something. Anyway, important shit happened here. Miranda jump like bumps into Skipper, and she is immediately attracted to him again because they broke up before, and for some reason Skipper just knew that their chemistry would bring them back together, and they want to be together again, or like Miranda would still want him again. And you know, Skipper talks about how, like, he, he's praying and stuff like that. And, you know, <laughs> just ridiculous things. You know, cracking a joke. But, like, there's this word fate being thrown around. Like, what's your opinion on the word fate? Like, do you believe that there is fate in the world that something will happen? Or, like, you know, any kind of opinions about it? I mean, you can look for it. Or you can look in the positive and say, well, it was fate that I met that person on that day. Anything can be fate. Mm-hmm. It could be fake that I bumped into you all those years ago in elementary, Aww, you know. Yeah. You, you don't know, right? Of course. I just feel like whatever you put out into the universe is what you're going to get back. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if you put out good vibes, you're going to get a good person and then that's fate. For sure. Right? Because that's what you, that's the work you put into. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, uh, is it like Cinderella where Prince freaking Charming is going to come and rescue me from my evil sister? No. (laughs) I don't think that kind of fate exists. I think that's like magic. (laughs) That's that's magic. Yeah. That's that's some Disney shit that I I chase like crack, but but that's what it is. It's just a fantasy. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then we jump. This is a super like funny point. I just... Gonna put you on the spot on a, a little bit here. It's funny though. <laughs> so we jump back to Samantha, and she basically come cleans about how she spills the tea. I would like to say on James's tiny penis. So you are in the medical field as a medical professional. What's the average size of a penis? I have no freaking clue. <laughs> it ranges, right? Everyone's different. Everyone's. There's, ethnicity like and all of that jazz. Right? Yeah, because this is where Samantha says that James's penis is three inches long, fully erect. It could be perfectly normal. Some people, there is, like, a thing called micropenis. Like, you just have a smaller penis for your size. There actually is something called micropenis? I think so. I'm oh pretty sure. I mean, I'm not in that, like, field, but I'm pretty sure people have, like, some people have flat asses. Some people are going to have tiny dicks. It's just how it is. That's so true. Okay. You know, some people have small breasts and some people have gigantic breasts. Oh my gosh. But is it the, is it the same with like vaginas? Like, cause I, like Miranda says later on in this, in the series that like the average woman is three inches deep. It three depends d- on your cervix size. Right. But, like, okay. It really, it's all, then that's the problem with society because you have this fixation on like, it has to be a certain size. No, like if you see porn, that's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. It's all catered in its angles and whatever. And so you're grown up on this or people who watch porn or like you're born in this era of all these movies where people are talking about mm, big dicks and you're just assuming this giant cock is coming for yeah. you and that the only way you're going to have an orgasm is to have a giant yeah, I thing think all up in you. But I'm like, listen, your body can only take so much. I know. It's all about what you can work with and how you can work it. That is so odd. Like, because just, just putting a wiener into your hole is not going to give you Exactly. An I'm just like that, like that fixation that like. Yeah, and that's, it's just, I think it's a society construct sure. where you just think a big dick is going to give you pleasure, but really it's just a lot. It's a lot more complex. It's, it's how you do it. Yeah. It's for how, the guy, it's yeah. just one giant clit for them. Yeah. <laughs> Versus we got other parts that need to be satisfied of in course. order to get to a, a, the the climax. Preach. So, I mean, like, for Samantha, she just saw clearly she's not just been taught. Of course. Oh my god, dad. Love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Nurse Provina. No problem. <laughs> Work um, with what you got, people. Right? Oh, my goodness. Love what God has giveth. <laughs> Preach. <laughs> That's why you're perfect for this episode. <laughs> yeah. Just, it's body positivity. Don't let nobody tell you if a small dick proof to them small dicks can work. Absolutely. Oh, my goodness. Oh, okay. So, we jump to a scene where... Basically, like, Charlotte has her, like, insecurities again. And she runs to another psychic. And she almost gets cheated by this psychic person mm-hmm. who says, like, oh, you're, tr- you're cursed. You have to pay us $100 to break this curse for you. <laughs> and good for her. She calls it out and she walks away. And then she realizes that she walks into, walks down the street home that, like, she bumps into this man. And that her realization is that she just has to keep on believing that it will happen. Mm-hmm. That she shouldn't let somebody tell her whether or not she's going to get married. 
can you describe a situation that you've been in or a personal experience where you've kind of just had to wing it and be like, I believe that this will happen? I'm like, surely right now. It's just like, <laughs> am I going to get married? Am I going to be in a relationship? But really, I'm just like, well, just, just let me live my life and see where it leads me. Right? And it's taken me a long time to get to that point where to be like, okay, I'm cool with where where I am at right now. And if something comes along, great. If it doesn't, great. I'm okay. Is there anything that could or would happen that would shatter that security that you have right now? Is there is there a certain insecurity? Like, would... You know what I mean? Like, is there something that would happen that would make you go back to that place where you're like, oh my God, like I have to. No, I don't, I don't think so. Because I think I've gone up and down that route too many times. Right. And it's let me apply it to a lot of things. Like, am I, am I good for this job? Or if I, it's, or buying this house, is it, is this the path to go? And that's a huge commitment too. And it may not pan out and it may pan out. We don't know. Right. And you just have to be able to roll with it. And nothing really is in my control. As much as I try to have control over things, I don't have control yeah. over it. So it's just, you, you go with the flow. For sure. You just gotta go with the flow. I love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. So moving on, we jump to the last scene of this episode. And, you know, the most important piece of this entire series, obviously, because this is the last episode of season one. And Carrie basically, you know, is getting ready to go on this Caribbean trip that Big paid for. And he, you know, is pulling up to her apartment and is ready to go, going to catch their flight. And this is where Carrie, you know, kind of starts pacing back and forth her apartment. And she's like telling herself, I have to have faith that Big, that Big loves her and that they have a future together. And she basically asks him straight up that she's the one. Okay. I have never personally ever asked someone if I'm the one. And I feel like when you ask a question like that, you best be prepared to be very, very disappointed. <laughs> I feel like she had too high of an expectation for yeah where they were at in a relationship. And I think that's, it's always bad when you go into a relationship thinking this is going to be it. Yeah. This is the one. Mm-hmm. The, and But what if the other person doesn't reciprocate? Yeah. And it takes a while for you to figure out this is the person I'm going to be with for the rest of my freaking life. Mm-hmm. You know? And that was, I think, her mistake in thinking that that was going to happen for her. Without having those hard questions that she didn't want to ask, you got to ask those questions. Yeah. You got to be mature enough to be like, hey, what's up with that shit? Exactly. Are we actually, like, mutual or what's what's the what's, deal with our relationship? Not, like, are you gonna freaking marry me or what? Yeah. Like, six months into the relationship? Yeah. No. I'm like, why? I know. I was, like, wondering, like, oh, my God, that's, that's a lot of weight to put on someone. Yeah. Because, like, you know, you don't want them to, to lie to you and be like, yeah, you're the one. And then, like, six more months, six more months pass by and you're like... Oh fuck! You're actually broken up. You know what I mean? Like, and I, and and that breakup's gonna like, hurt even worse. Yeah, it's different. Where Big said, "Yeah, you're the one." Took her to the Caribbean and dumped her ass there, and then just like, <laughs> that's different. But you can't say, "Well, if you're not gonna be the one, then I don't want any part of this relationship." And then like, where are you gonna get in life? Right. 
Where? Yeah. How are you going to grow? How is this relation going to work if you're just going to get comfortable and say, hey, yeah, okay, cool, we're, he's the one for me, so I don't have to do yeah. shit. Because, like, I almost want to say, like, when you say the one, it, it has this level of pressure and a, a level of perfection that your relationship has to meet. And I think when you start putting these expectations on your relationship, it can fail just as easily, if not easier. Because it's like, oh my gosh, like, you find out flaws about this person and you're like, oh shit, this person isn't actually the one that I thought he mm-hmm. was going to be. And I feel like those misconceptions in your head, that fantasy that you have in your head of this person being perfect, being the one, starts like breaking down slowly and then you start... Well, yeah, because you just assume the person you are when you walk into that relationship and then you're saying, well, I, I'm not going to change because I found the one... You're not giving that relationship an opportunity to grow and mature. You're not growing and maturing because you have to change as a person. Yeah. Along with that other person because it's not about you anymore. Exactly. It's about that second person. Yeah. So she hasn't even acknowledged his feelings. It's all about her mm-hmm. and what her goals and what her desires are. So it's, when she puts him on the spot like that, and like, it's not cool. First of all, you're going on a freaking trip. You know, shit, that, that shit's cancellation fee. Like, what? I you're rude i know right it doesn't matter how rich he is that's just common courtesy like if you were that unsure like why are you making you're doing this for an impact because he's you're doing it at a time where like shit we're gonna have to get on this plane and we're going on this trip i don't want this trip to go bad so i'm going to tell her what i want her i want she wants to hear yeah and it almost feels manipulative yeah it it almost i almost felt like he she was trapping big yeah. And I felt like Big did, you know, a really good thing by just being honest and saying not saying anything. Cuz it's like Well, he hasn't had time to process. Right? And I and I And it's not fair to him. I don't Exactly. Think. And I feel like they needed more time to be like to have Carrie ask him like, "How do you feel about me?" You know what I mean? Like or even just voice her insecurities in like an understandable language. Yeah. Like, "I'm I'm feeling like you're pulling away." Mm-hmm. Right? Which is basically the whole highlight of this whole episode where she realizes that she's trying to get closer or the way she's seeing it is that she's trying to get closer to Big, but Big is like pulling away. Well, because he's probably not ready for those mm-hmm. steps that she is ready for. Yeah. And part of a relationship is to be able to rein back. Yeah. If you like it's something that you want to pursue, you have to con- you have to be able to compromise. Compromise. Yeah, yeah what you want for that person so that you can figure out if this is going to work. Yeah. You can't just say you're the one and then not work for it. Right? I know. Yeah, totally. It just it just really bugged me how she like did that. But yeah, yeah but later on we do find out spoiler alert coming that there is a reason why the show ended on its first season the way that it did. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay, so we are at the end of this episode. Oh, so exciting. I know. This season is finito. Wow, congrats. Thank you. There you have it. Thank you for getting carried away with us. If you like what you heard, then feel free to tune in again next week for our next episode. And if you have any stories or thoughts about today's episode or anything you would like to add that we've highlighted in our chat, then please feel free to comment or drop us a DM to let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to like and subscribe and find us on Instagram at The Carried Away or like us on Facebook at Getting Carried Away at the podcast. And we'll talk soon. Bye.
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.